welcome to Europhile. I'm Catherine Rory. And I'm Kate Walker. <gasps> it's the birthday girl, everyone! Hello. Happy birthday, Kate! Ciao, ciao. Yes, it's true. Um, Another year of being amazing, <laughs> of being beautiful, of being the best. Oh, Love you so thank much. you. Happy birthday. Thank you, thank you. We wish we were together. I know, but I'm in Wisconsin this week. Mm-hmm. And I got a birthday chocolate croissant. Perfect. With a little candle. What more could you ask morning. for? And That's a little so cute. honey latte. And Yum. I'm ready. We're going up north in Wisconsin. I'm going to lay out and Yum. hopefully swim and pretend oh. we're in the Amalfi Coast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, a Wisconsin summer yeah, is pretty, pretty great. Lit. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. I know. Crisp, fresh. Lake Michigan. Sun. Yeah. Love. Yeah. Love so It's much. the best. Mm-hmm. Well, it perfect. Is. Perfect it way is. to celebrate your birthday. Yeah. And then come back you? so we can go out and have a great dinner. Okay? Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so I want to go to Felix. So. Yes. <laughs> How are you? How are you doing without me? Oh, my God. I'm barely holding myself together. Oh. <laughs> Watching um, Love Island. Yep. That's it. We've been texting about it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Kate, you told me that things are going to get wild because you read yeah, some read spoilers, spoilers, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. I'm kind of annoyed Ooh. that I read some spoilers because I feel like I did it to myself, so it's my own fault, but I'm surprised I, that you did that. I know. Sometimes when I'm really invested in something, I'm like, no, no, no I don't want to know anything. Yeah. And then sometimes I'm like, I literally can't stand the suspense. Yeah. I need to yeah. know. <laughs> It's doing a head in babe. It's, it's, it's doing a head in week that I read spoilers <gasps> for. So. Oh my god, my first Casa Amor. I haven't yeah. seen that yet. Ooh. Wait, have you not seen the one for mm, season I, three? I haven't yet. been watching season three because okay. I've been watching other stuff, which I'll talk okay. about later. <gasps> oh, great, excellent. <laughs> okay, alrighty. Should we get into it? Yeah, let's get into it. Yes. Okay. Okay. So today. We are going to France, Mm -hmm. and we are going to talk about the man who revolutionized the modern fashion industry. We are talking about Chris. Oh, oh, okay, no. Oh, (laughs) I was like, I want to guess. Okay, no, go. We're talking about Christian Dior and the House of Dior. Dior. Oh, j'adore Dior. Yeah, same. Okay, fun. So, this is so exciting. Yeah. It's it's fun. It's interesting. And so we're going to talk about Dior, him, the man, okay. and then a little bit beyond. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Ooh. Okay. Mm-hmm. Fun. Okay. And we haven't done a fashion designer since no. Chanel, right? Um, Gucci. So since Gucci, oh, well, I don't think. Yeah. That was a good history. Yeah. But yeah. And so, I mean, of course, we're going to talk about Chanel today, too, because... Okay. Ooh, enemies. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he was born January 21st, Aquarius. Aquarius. Mm hmm. March to the beat of his own drum. Yes. We love God bless you. I love Aquarius. (laughs) Yeah, me too. Um, In 1905, in Normandy, the Mm -hmm. son of a wealthy fertilizer manufacturer. Oh, okay. Okay. You know, do what you got to do, make that money. Yeah. Get your <laughs> Any bag. way you can. Yeah. <laughs> Go off. <laughs> Proud of you. <laughs> when he was five, they moved to Paris. And 
petite Christian, loved mm-hmm. all things sparkly, elaborate, oh. frivolous, mm-hmm. flowery, Ooh. just yes. a decadent mm-hmm. little boy. Little five-year-old. <laughs> like, how cute is that? Uh-huh. Mommy, like, mm-hmm. can we get hydrangeas? I'm mm-hmm. just imagining, like, just a darling little boy. Mm-hmm. He loved Dali and Jean Cocteau. Oh, my God. Yeah. Can you imagine this little rich boy? I love it. Now he's like, you know, growing up, he's in his teens, 20s, and he decides to open an art gallery instead of going down the track of becoming a politician as his family wished. And his dad was supportive-ish, and he was like, sure, go for it, but don't use the family name for the gallery, because he was like, you know, I don't need to be associated, I don't want the family name to be associated with art you know but sure go for it shit yeah like (laughs) okay okay, fine i guess (laughs) and guess what the gallery is a huge success he brings in picasso at the peak of his fame Mm -hmm. he's getting Mm -hmm. the cream of the crop wow what kind of years i know i i couldn't tell you Uh (laughs) probably the early mid-20s i'm gonna guess And then, yes, that's correct, because the Great Depression hits. Okay. And in that period of time, his brother passes away, his mother passes away, and his father's business was shut down. And he was forced to close his his gallery after Mm -hmm. losing his financial backers, basically. So just like a really hard time going through Mm -hmm. all of that loss. And he had to sell everything he owned, and he was just couch surfing with friends now Mm -hmm. for years. Mm -hmm. And during this time, he becomes obsessed with psychics. Mm, And later (laughs) on, I know, I mean, I put my faith in your Uh hands. And whatever you tell me, I probably believe it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And he, later on, he would get tarot cards, his tarot cards read before every couture show that he did. I love him. I love him. Me too. It was reported that a medium told him, you will be poor for a while, but women will crave you for the rest of your life. Wow. Yeah. Spot on. Women wanted to do her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He was gay, however, so he was like, I I don't know what this means. Yeah. And like, obviously later it clicked. There's a different context. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Uh-huh. And he decides to start designing hats, and he would sell these sketches to newspapers in Paris. And he was hired eventually by mm-hmm. Swiss couturier Robert Pigeot. Okay. Which was very short-lived because he was drafted into the war in 1940. Oh, I don't God. know much about mm-hmm. his time. He was released two years later in 1942. And, yeah, that's literally all I know about that time. And Mm -hmm. he ended up, he went back to work for Lucien Long, a designer. Mm -hmm. I think that's how you say. And then, oh, this is interesting. So, obviously, we all know what's happening in France during World War II. It's occupied by Nazi Germany. He begins making clothes with friend Pierre Balmain. Oh, yes. Which I had no idea. We are aware of him. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yep. Oh, Uh yeah. Now we are. Mm -hmm. Um, For the French aristocracy and wives of German soldiers. Oh. Mm. Well, I guess get your bag. Do what you got to do, I guess. Mm -hmm. I mean, 
It's desperate times. Mm-hmm. Then, during this time, Christian was introduced to Marcel Boussac, the French king of cotton, they called him. Oh. Okay. And he, he wanted Dior to help him be the artistic director for this, like, struggling Parisian fashion house. I don't know the name of it. Okay. Um, but, you know, Christian is... He, he can convince someone to do anything, I think. And mm-hmm. he's, like, so passionate. And he's, like... It's time for me to, like, I need to back myself here. Mm-hmm. And he convinces Marcel to invest in Christian and, like, start doing his own thing. So Marcel's okay. like, okay, cool. Like, fuck that line. They're failing. Here's okay. Christian Dior, and he can do something great. Mm-hmm. And he wants to do away with, you know, I mean, the little frivolous boy in him is like, I'm sick of this rigid wartime dress. And mm. uniform. Mm. Like, let's bring back extravagance and luxury. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. And, like, mm-hmm. rethink what fashion can be. Mm-hmm. And so in December 1946, the House of Dior was founded at 30 Avenue Montaigne in Paris. Okay. Very bougie. And, yes. Very Trey. bougie neighborhood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then on February 12, 1947, he debuted his first collection with 90 looks. Wow. I know. I know. Like, okay, go for it. Uh Overnight success, Paris worshipped him. And he created, as some of you may know, the hourglass figure that had Mm -hmm. never been seen before. The new look. Ledge. Legend. Mm -hmm. So we have structured silhouettes with, Mm -hmm. like, padded waists full-bodied skirts and dresses Mm -hmm. were made using, on average, 20 yards of fabric. Yeah, I see that. This is Uh unheard of coming out of Mm -hmm. wartime. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, probably... Rations who? Yeah, like, like, people were rationing their clothes until, like, 1949. So, and he's like, fuck it, I'm done with this. Time for Mm -hmm. elegance. Mm -hmm. So then, yes, as you said, it was deemed the new look by Harper's Bazaar editor-in-chief... Carmel Snow. Oh, Can you believe never her heard, name? Never I heard know. of her. She was like mm-hmm. Scottish American, I think, or something mm-hmm. like that. Or mm-hmm. Irish American. Okay. Carmel Snow. I was like, I need to learn more about her someday. Yeah. Um, and she said, It is quite a revolution, dear Christian. Your dresses have such a new look. And that's mm. what stuck. I mean, how many designers have ever created a new silhouette? Yeah. You know, like this yeah. is huge i almost feel like it can't really happen again you know i feel like we yeah. we're like out of that i agree it's so crazy now mm-hmm. anything goes you yeah know? exactly so mm-hmm. like this was the foundation for what we have now yeah probably interesting it was obviously shocking because of the amount of fabrics that were used to to create his dresses mm-hmm. And some people, like, it was almost seen as frivolous and wasteful. You, you know, you either yeah, love I it see, I un- and you're into it. Yeah. And other people were like, this is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. And the press worldwide were in a tizzy <laughs> over this. Like, we have British royals wanting it. Rita Hayworth, Marlena mm, Dietrich. Yes. Mm-hmm. They were all craving Dior. And mm-hmm. this was huge for France because post-World War II now, they're, like, desperately trying to rebuild their country and place in the world. 
and now you know mm-hmm. here's yeah, this sure. heralded French man mm-hmm. changing the world of fashion. Mm-hmm. And in 1947, later on in the year, um, he opens the shop on Fifth Avenue in New York City. Mm-hmm. So like within a nice. year, popping off. Yeah, yeah. He launches Dior Perfume, Miss mm-hmm. Dior, and mm-hmm. Diorama. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, uh-huh. I have smelled that one. What a fun name. Diorama. Yeah. And flowers were the base for his scents. Um, oh, yeah, I see that, yeah. And he thought that scent was just as important as dresses to complete your that. look. I absolutely Absolutely. Mm-hmm. absolutely. We're such physical beings, you know? Yeah. You need to, like, use as senses. many senses as mm-hmm. you can. Yeah. Absolutely. I want to look great. I want to smell mm-hmm. great. I want to feel great. I want to, like, mm-hmm. be soft, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. That's all matters. Mm-hmm. So this is crazy to me. By the end of 1950, Dior products accounted for 75% of Paris's fashion exports and 5, 5% of France's total export revenue. No. Isn't that That's crazy? crazy? <laughs> Just Dior after yeah. being open for three years. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, go off. That's wild. Mm-hmm. And in 1955, a budding new talent becomes his assistant. His name is Wait, Eve. Wait, let me guess. Oh, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. I need to stop doing this to you. His name is Yves Saint Laurent. We also know. We love, love him. Yes. Love. <laughs> okay. Here's where things turn a little sad. Okay. Christian told Eve's mother that he would name... Eve as the successor sure. of his brand. Mm-hmm. Eve's mother was like, that's weird. You're 52 and in good health. Like, well, mm-hmm. I don't know why he's telling me this. Mm-hmm. But Christian died of a sudden heart attack wow. while on holiday in Montecatini, Italy on October 24th, 1957 in the late afternoon while playing a game of cards. Wow. And he was told not to go on this trip by his psychic, Madame de Haye. <gasps> oh my God, yeah. Kat. That's not that freaky. it would have mattered because it's a yeah, heart attack. It, yeah, but yeah. like she, she said, something bad is going to happen <gasps> in Montecatini. And he passed away. Yeah, at the age of 57. Oh my God. Yeah. I fucking love psychics. So I know. I know, me too. And so, I mean, in the few years, let's see. So he passed away in 1957. In 10 years, mm-hmm. it was enough to make him legendary. Wow. And he Amazing. single-handedly recreated Paris as the fashion capital of the world. So, okay. Now let's talk about post-Christian mm-hmm. House of Dior. Okay. <laughs> Yves Saint Laurent became art director at the age of 21 yeah. Can you believe? There are just some people that are just like... Habit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so he'd been working for Christian for years at this point. And it's like, yeah. he's literally Crazy. 21. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he was what like... What were you pre- doing at 21? Yeah. You know? Getting Like, w- I was wasted. getting blackout yes. in college. <laughs> yeah. Not <me> cool. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, he was seen as this brilliant hero for stepping in and like not saving Dior but like helping it continue okay Mm -hmm. and I'm gonna keep this quick in 1960 his collection for Dior was deemed too experimental and I saw photos of it and I was like "Mm, I I can understand this it's it's a little weird it's really interesting how 
there's like these not to get like super fashiony or whatever but like these major houses like chanel dior balenciaga whatever and they have like these codes you know like these like mm-hmm way these like thing you know they have the new look they have like specific silhouettes they have things that they're known for right yeah and like how a new designer comes in and they put their own spin on those codes and it must be like really hard you know yeah yeah, yeah. you can't do whatever you want probably because yeah. you're in a you're in a box but you're supposed to be like pushing the boundaries mm-hmm. still yeah i can't hard. imagine yeah that'd be and a lot of spe- pressure especially after like you know, the legend dies. Yeah. And then you're the first person. Mm-hmm. Like, no matter what you do, you yeah. can't... Yeah. You're not trying you're to miss beat it. Yeah, yeah. it, but, like, you can't live up to what yeah. it ever yeah, yeah. was before. Yeah. So he was replaced after this collection oh, by Mark Bohan. Okay. And then, okay, quick pivot okay. to the rivalry between Chanel yes. and Dior, Ooh, yes. because okay, this is good. juice. Uh-huh. I mean... If you listen to our first episode, if you haven't, you should. All about mm-hmm. Chanel. Obviously brilliant. Obviously awful. Yeah. <laughs> Not a good person. No. An interesting figure to look at historically. Chanel is I the guess. brand. Yes. You know. I agree. I agree. But like Chanel. It's more than her now. Had yeah. She was, you know, very prejudiced. Yeah. Racist. Yeah. yeah. Homophobic. Yeah. So that In the being said, industry, like, what are you doing? Yeah, come on. Okay. Lighten up. Be more I accepting, know. please. Anyway, so after Dior exploded onto the scene in 47, he quickly became an enemy with Chanel. Sure. I mean, uh, basically, he his designs were everything that she hated about fashion. So, like, th- yeah. I can understand that. Yeah, yeah. Because she wanted the free flowing. Yes shift dress and here he is constricting like, cinch yeah. yeah yeah cinch it all together mm-hmm. let's toss on 27 kilos of fabric onto this yeah, yeah. woman's body yeah and so he sees that as like celebrating the female form elegant as fun daring like inspired by the belly puck mm-hmm. and she's like you're restricting us yeah and i have some quotes that she said about okay. him Ooh, okay. She famously declared, look how ridiculous these women are, wearing clothes by a man who doesn't know women, never had one, and dreams of being one. Ooh. Isn't she awful? Ooh. She's crazy. Mm-hmm. She doesn't stop there. And at various points over the years, she is quoted as saying, Dior doesn't dress women, he upholsters them. <sighs> Oh, which, is, which is like... That's, that's kind of funny. Yeah. And then a woman sitting down in a... And she said that a woman sitting down in a Dior dress looked like an, an old armchair. And she accused him of dragging women back to the 19th century ideals of femininity. You know, women were made to be objects to just yeah. be admired by men and looked at by sure. men. And he doesn't see it that way, of yeah. course. And he's like, I like... This is what he said. I think of my work as ephemeral architecture dedicated to the beauty of the female body. Wow. But, well, this is what this article said. Chanel was so put out by Dior's lavish, elaborate look that in 1954, at the age of 71, she came out of retirement. Yeah. (laughs) 
<laughs> she's like fuck this i'm mm-hmm. done like time to create the little black dress yeah or mm-hmm. <laughs> basically mm-hmm. or no the suit i think is what she created yeah, yeah. when mm-hmm. she was older right mm-hmm. which is i mean oh, so iconic i think what would you rather wear vintage chanel or vintage Dior? vintage chanel i agree i agree because yeah. i mean it's hard to look think about it like from it's modern not times my vibe, dior as far as like new look goes i agree but i can appreciate it i yeah. understand what chanel is saying i absolutely about the agree constricting mm-hmm. like male gaze basically yeah. it is the new look i m- also understand his point of view yeah, as well I, it's just I, two different women like yeah. just let it be I yeah <laughs> i think the new look is more like jaw dropping you're like yes. wow yeah and the yeah. chanel suit is more wearable yeah and, and exactly. like uh, elegant yeah. yeah maybe the new look is also a little younger i can see a younger woman oh, wearing sure. that yeah, and then, yeah. then an older woman is wearing the chanel suit anyway yeah, it's just I mean, like I think interesting it's like to think ageless, about really like the new look if you look at old movies, like Audrey Hepburn movies, like older women in their 60s and 70s are wearing like a cinch waist. Oh, really? Oh, yes. God, that's exhausting. Yeah. I know. Imagine <laughs> now wearing I'm like, like please a can I have corset. An, when I'm 60 plus, Eileen Fisher, give me <laughs> breezy pants, <laughs> breezy linens, only linen separates. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Coordinating. Yeah. Nancy Meyer movie. Yes, absolutely. Only. Yeah. Uh-huh. Nothing. Don't touch my body. No fabric touch me. <laughs> That's so funny. Anyway, back mm-hmm. to Dior and Chanel. Mm-hmm. So actually, a lot of people agreed with Chanel. And when Dior visited the U.S. in autumn of 1947, he faced demonstrators, like, protesting him. Wow. Um, mm-hmm. saying like go home like we're not interested which is kind of like obviously there are people into his designs yeah. like there's both and there was a time magazine that ran a survey asking are you for or against the new look so it was oh, like Jesus zeitgeist Very divisive. pop yeah. culture uh-huh. like moment going mm-hmm. on so you know there were haters but there were also <laughs> lovers <laughs> and we have famous people who wore Chanel. I mean, no, Dior at the time. (laughs) His designs were highly sought after by ballerina Margot Fontaine, um, writer Nancy Mitford, and young Princess Margaret, who visited his Parisian atelier Mm -hmm. on her first Mm -hmm. European tour at the age of 18. Mm -hmm. To the continent. Yes, to the continent (laughs) she goes. She's a young, budding Uh woman. Uh And three years later, Cecil Beaton photographed Margaret oh, on yes. her 21st mm-hmm. birthday wearing Dior's one-shouldered cream oh, couture gown. God. Oh, God. You have Which, to put that. I will. It is it. This yeah. tool skirt is extraordinary. Okay. Like, mm-hmm. embellished with gold. Mm-hmm. And Margaret said of this dress, it was her favorite dress of all. Wow. So, it's special. High... I saw the photo and I was yep. like, oh. yeah, of someone mm-hmm. who's probably worn countless ball gowns yeah. in their life yeah yeah it's really special and like art yeah yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay more modern times okay after Yves Saint Laurent you know as we said it went to Mark Bohan Bowen mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know and then John Galliano took over in 1996 mm-hmm. 
where he... Oh my god, yeah, I forgot about that. And lots of interesting names are going to pop up here, and I was Uh like, what? He immediately made headlines when Princess Diana wore the first couture dress from his collection. okay. Yes. And during this time, he launched the now signature Dior bag, the saddlebag. Oh. That's under Jean Galliano. I, I want one. Oh, absolutely. Of course. I want to, I don't care if it's basic. I don't care either. I don't Would love. care. Yeah. Want. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Same. So Dior Homme was its own thing. And mm-hmm. in Fun. the two, early mm-hmm. 2000s, Eddie Sliman was their creative oh, director. Yes. Yeah, okay. Yes. And what's legendary about this, and I was like, I need to include this, is that he was the one who like created skinny jeans for men and was the one oh, who like put yeah, that yeah. on the fashion scene. Yeah. And obviously that was a huge moment. Yeah. For like what a time years. To be alive. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another iconic bag we can talk about is the Lady Dior bag. Lady Dior. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which was created 24 years ago and first appeared on the arm of Princess Diana Mm -hmm. in Paris. Which, Kate, Mm -hmm. you told me about. I didn't know that. We talked about it maybe like two weeks ago or something. Yeah, I think so. Mm -hmm. And in her honor, it was named the Lady Dior bag. And it was given to her um, by the First Lady of France during the opening of a Cezanne exhibition oh wow nice diana was very faithful to this bag Mm -hmm. on many appearance appearances after in on an official visit to liverpool in 1995 she paired the bag with the versace orange tailored ensemble Mm -hmm. and then in 1996 she wore it to the met gala Mm. big deal this a little bit more about the bag there was a whole article just about like diana and the lady dior bag Mm -hmm. It's a testament to the exceptional talent of the Dior Ateliers. The Lady Dior bag is a continuation of Christian Dior's legacy. And then, blah, blah, blah. The metallic charms on the strap are inspired by lucky charms that Christian loved. And its signature quilting is a nod to the Napoleon III chairs on which guests at the Dior runway shows would sit. Which I didn't know. Nice. Sweet. Yeah, Mm -hmm. very sweet. So after John Galliano, the role of art director goes to Raph Simmons, who I literally didn't know. I didn't know that. No? And it's now led by Maria Grazia Ciori. Yes. Mm -hmm. The former Valentino co-creative director, Mm -hmm. who is the first female head of the label, which she got in 2016. And she still holds the position today. So I just want to end it with talking a little bit about Maria. And she claims, well, this is the quote that she said, you know, I'm not here because I'm a woman. I'm here because I'm good at what I do. So, you know, unapologetic, finally Mm -hmm. in the hands of a woman. Mm -hmm. And she was the one who designed the now famous We Should All Be Feminists t-shirt. Like, please bring that fresh air into Mm -hmm. all of these houses that have been run by men. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. According to this Vogue article, her approach is literal, unapologetic, and streetwear-inspired, but looks are equally as confident as the original hourglass silhouettes coined by the founder. She proves that Christian Dior's initial message, one of female empowerment, lives on 70 years later, now designed to resonate with the modern woman. Nice. Yeah. So that's the story of Christian Dior and the House of Dior. Oh, nice. 
nice. Yeah. Ah, that's Thank so you. Fun. I hope you enjoyed. I did. I, I just... Oh, go ahead. That's so interesting. No. I really don't know... Like, I know the new look, you know, and yeah. so it's really fun. I mean, I studied fashion, so yeah. it's like, yeah. Yeah, it's new for me. Yeah. <laughs> if, no, it's If good. you have any yeah. other anecdotes that you thought that I missed, no. let me know. I don't really okay. know that much about Dior, actually. Okay. But that, that was really interesting, because I really didn't know, like, yeah, you know the new look, and you know, like... It, it's fun to, like, paint their personality. Yeah. A little. Yeah. Like his tarot cards and like. Oh my God. So him funny. Loving every elegant thing from the yeah. age, from being little. Like it's just mm-hmm. sweet and mm-hmm. passionate. I, I, mm-hmm. I admire him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was thinking about like, what are some famous Dior looks that I love? And you know, the first thing that came to my mind was. <laughs> okay, what? The newspaper dress of Carrie Bradshaw oh in season God. three, yes. episode seventeen. <laughs> yes, that is iconic. iconic. Mainly because a, well, that dress is amazing, but her yeah. body in her, that dress. Oh what my God! The hell! Inspiration. Uh, Abs- an absolute like, inspiration. Unreal. Yeah. So hot. So hot. Wait, is that the episode where she goes to like ruin Natasha's lunch? Yes. Yep. Yes. Okay. Carrie, um, bad decision, but you yeah, looked great. Terrible decision. You look amazing, <laughs> but don't do that. Yeah. You've not only ruined Damage my marriage, <laughs> but you've also ruined my lunch. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. True. Okay, so I have something funny. Okay. <laughs> for you. You know, we're all aware of Diet Prada, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, you know, Diet Prada exists because you know so many designers were like basically ripping off each other mm-hmm. like blah 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 whatever and now it's turned into like this whole you know much bigger thing he talks about like current events and stuff like that but before one of my first real scandals that I read about at Diet Prada uh-huh. was this it was a Dior skirt and it was us it was embroidered with like suns i want to say it was like almost astrological but i can't remember okay and so like i guess one of these people on like ebay who like resell things they were like reselling fake dior <gasps> skirts okay and if you see the face on the sun it looks so fucking wonky and it's like they're, they're trying to pass this like cockeyed sun I remember this as like a fucking Dior skirt god oh yes and now I'm remembering what the actual Dior designs were and I loved that like the tool with like the little bra style top yes Mm -hmm. I loved that little era this like reseller was like oh my god look at this like real Dior yeah like okay bought sure. via yeah. you know whatever this reseller yeah, yeah i remember that <laughs> yeah and he's like okay you're a liar and this like wonky eyed <laughs> son like <laughs> i also i i have one more thing that was kind uh-huh. of funny and i'll i'll share photos so right okay. before we started recording before you know we hopped on zoom I was on TikTok, obviously, oh, and yeah, yeah. I saw this video it. that literally gave me butterflies, and I, it was, <laughs> let me find it, it was, um, uh, this guy has to be 19 years old, but I was like, you're so fucking hot, 
Oh, it was a little video of Prince Nikolai of Denmark, and I was yeah, like, hot. you are so hot. Written by a woman vibes. And then I Googled him, and he's a model for Dior. And I was oh, like, really? Oh, <laughs> yeah. that's fun. So I'll share. Does this... Oh, my God. He's so beautiful. It's so He's, cute. like, from Denmark? Is that what you said? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I literally ha- had butterflies in my stomach. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, this young boy... Okay, so think I about looked him it. up. Like, I think he's 21. So, like, yeah, legal. It's fine. Legal. So, all of those videos of like Harry Styles and like, this is so not about DR at all. This is, <laughs> we're going on a tangent now. And, um, you know, like people walking in slow mo. Like, yeah, I could literally kill someone's life. Like, if I was like photographed or videoed. Yeah in slow-mo and put like compilation videos together about how cute i am yeah i could ruin someone's life yeah you know a little flick of your hair a swish of your skirt in slow-mo yeah ruin your life yeah i'm that bitch 100 percent, of course but like he is very very beautiful i was like wow i haven't felt this way and i don't even know how long New crush. <laughs> I'm up at three in the morning. Like, Hashtag TikTok. Nikolai, Nikolai of Denmark. Of Denmark. <laughs> Girlfriend, is he single? <laughs> Where does he go to school? Can this be my, what is that movie? Prince at me. <laughs> and she is my a Wisconsinite. And, moment. Yeah, and he is Denmark. Wow. Truly. Oh, <gasps> and they both went to Madison, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Things can happen. All right. Should I? Yes. Do please. my little mini topic now yeah. that we like have gone? Yeah, I don't know where. <laughs> okay. That was a fun tangent, though. <laughs> Thank okay. You. So I am going to talk about the very brief history. We're totally switching gears here. Okay. Oh, good. Of the guillotine. <laughs> Okay. When you were like Dior, I'm like, oh. oh fuck. <laughs> Normally we're very in sync. I know. Um, this is you know, like glamour, death. We're well-rounded okay. individuals. Yeah. Okay. So one for the girls and one for the dads who enjoy. I don't know <laughs> medical history. history. <laughs> okay. So. Here we go. This is just facts, facts. It's not really, like, really a story. Okay. Um, I got all of this information from one article on History.com. So thanks, History.com. Great. Love you. You're the goat. Okay, so in 1789, Dr. Joseph Ignace Guillotine Mm -hmm. um, asked that the French government, he was like, y'all suck at killing people. And I really think that it's really inhumane the way you're doing beheadings. Oh. You know, swords, it's just Ugh. really messy, really inhumane, uh-huh. not the best and most efficient way of okay. beheading someone. I can appreciate that. I yeah. Guess. And he was personally opposed to capital punishment, but he said, you know, I think if you created a machine that was more efficient it would just be more humane and egalitarian okay for everyone 
Right. So okay. I yeah. fair. Okay. Would I rather so, die of beheading by sword or by guillotine? Guillotine. Guillotine. Yeah. So basically, they got this like harp manufacturer and like all these other people involved oh. to create this this Device. machine of efficiency. Okay. okay. You know of efficient death. And, yes. And so. In April 1792, the first victim was claimed by this machine. And so it's now known as the guillotine. And he was like, yeah, um, I really hate this. Um, God, yeah. And tried to petition the French government to change the (gasps) name because they were like, we don't want our name to be, our family name to be associated with this machine. Yeah. So. It was unsuccessful, obviously. Yeah. We still know it is the guillotine. So. Wow. Oh, poor um, guy. So during the reign of terror in like the 1790s, mm-hmm. after the French Revolution, this was the way that they would behead mm-hmm. these enemies, right? Okay. You know, like going to watch a beheading before with like swords and whatever and like torture was like a spectator events so fucking creepy so yeah i know but because of i mean you know i guess you don't have tv where you can watch you know george r R. martin write something absolutely disgusting (laughs) if you why you could just watch a a criminal you know get his deserved end or whatever i don't agree with that that is wrong (laughs) but like you know i yeah Yeah. and what you um, did you know these spectators are like Boo! This guillotine yeah. is boring. This sucks. There's and the blood. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. It's, it's too blood. clinical. Like it's just too boring. We don't like it. We oh don't. My There's God. no. You know. We want drama. A show. And yeah. Yes. But I guess you know their okay. tastes evolved, and now this became sort of like high entertainment. So wow. people would come in droves to watch the guillotine uh-huh. do its job god and even the guillotine was honored with like songs and jokes and poems <gasps> yeah oh, it was no. sort of like a celebrity wow that weird yeah. this is really fascinating i know and a lot of people there was like different types of people who would attend these events but <laughs> there are these ladies and they were called the tricoteuse uh-huh. And they would sit behind or beside the scaffold and knit between <gasps> the headings. Oh my god. So, yeah. Tr- the original true crime tricotes. Yep. Yep. And you know, because of this like weird morbid time, you know, children even attended these executions. I have no words. And um <laughs> They even made their own little mini guillotines for themselves, <gasps> like toys. Jesus, um, Lord! And you could also get a two-foot-tall, like replica of a guillotine, and it was like actually a toy With a blade? for children. Yes. What? Yeah. The fuck. I know. Chop and off they your would, fingers. They would use it to decapitate dolls and like rodents. <gasps> and like even <gasps> towns had to like ban them. Like a two foot tall guillotine is going to hurt someone. Yes. You know? That's like almost half of my body. 
right? That's big. That's really big. I know. <laughs> I know. And even there were even like novelty guillotines to where you could um, put it on your table for like cutting bread and cheese. Oh, and <laughs> this is unbelievable. It was really famous. It was <laughs> such a thing. Oh, God. They say it's guillotine hysteria. So because, you know, there's this hysteria going on, these guillotine operators became celebrities. <laughs> Normally they should be, like, kept private, you know, wear yeah, masks. Yeah, I mean, they're wearing hoods, so, you know. Oh, okay. But they were judged on how quickly and precisely they could, okay. you know, well, that's do good. these executions. Yeah. And it was, like, a family business, so a lot of the times, like, you know, your dad, your grandpa, you know, wow. whatever. I don't know. Yeah. So <laughs> the last time it was used was in the 1970s. What? So that is 100 years almost. <gasps> what? Math. Yeah. And um, But in 1981, capital punishment was banned in France. So Oh, God. You know, Brilliant. So Good. That's kind of done now. But oh, my God. I can't so believe how the, the operators were celebrities. Yeah. That's I, I wild. That, was weird. that is like crazy. The dinner table guillotine. Yeah, like oh oh, we're having a party tonight. Let's bring out the bread guillotine. Like yeah. wow, our guests. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, the fact that that's a family business. Like oh, I'm yeah. in the business of cutting people's heads yeah. off. Yeah, that's the family biz. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that yeah. that is all insane. You know. Wow, that was yeah. fascinating. Thank you. Yeah. That was yeah. really good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't believe it. Oh, God. I'm, like, in shock. Little kids chopping off their doll heads. Imagine if your little twerp of, like, a big brother (laughs) takes your doll, your, you know. Oh, that happened. How many dolls do you have? That doll stuffed with hay. Yeah. Definitely got beheaded. Chopped. And then Mm -hmm. you take your little time and you sew it back. And then Mm -hmm. that jerk does it again. I can literally, that's what happened. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, it was me and my brother's relationship. That would happen for sure. <laughs> oh my god. Um, okay, Kat, do you have a recommendation for us this week? Oh yes, I do. So I watched a new show that is on Prime, and I mm-hmm. absolutely adored it. It's okay. called The Pursuit of Love, and it okay. is based on the book, based it. on the novel by Nancy mm-hmm. Mitford, who I mentioned earlier, who was one of the writers, and who okay. I didn't realize. I learned later that this was based on her book, which also, a side note, I, one day I will do an episode about the Mitford sisters because... Okay, I don't know who these people are. Absolutely I don't know anything. fascinating. Okay. This, like, I think there was, like, five sisters. Are they British? British. Yeah, okay. and, like, mm-hmm. party girls, fun time. Oh, Some okay. of them are communists. Some of them are fascists. Oh, Wild, crazy separation, crazy family. Yeah. And like just wealth and Mm. it just very fascinating. And Nancy was one of them and she was a writer and she wrote um Love in a Cold Climate, I think, which I've Oh I started that show. I wanna say that she wrote that. And then she also wrote Pursuit of Love, which is this show. It's Mm. three episodes on Prime and it's Lily James. Yeah. And it's the hot priest from Fleabag. James Norton? Oh, no. No. Oh, I can, I can never remember his name. He's also in I know Sherlock. What you're about. Okay, hot priest. Um, hot. Yeah. And when he. I was like, which hot priest? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> there are several. Why we live a hot priest? Oh, James Norton in that jawline though. Yeah, from mm. Grandchester. Yeah, but and it's uh-huh. it's like two cousins. They're best friends. They're from wealthy families, and it's like the 30s and 40s England. And like okay. one of them is really reliable. Fun. Love a period piece. And mm-hmm. Lily James is like party girl, always oh, searching for something more. And then this guy, whatever his name is, from Fleabag. He mm-hmm. is like uh, I'm not spoiling anything, and I'll keep it quick. But like when I when he, his character first popped up, my jaw dropped. Like, oh, and it was so okay. fun because he's like a lord that lives nearby. Who he's not married. He's rich. He's like surrounds himself with like bright young things and artists mm-hmm. and musicians, and just like has a wild time. And mm-hmm. he was so fun. It was really cute. It was really good. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend Pursuit of Love. On Prime. Yeah. Cute. Okay, great. What about you? What do you have for me? I have an old show that I used to watch. And I was like looking through Netflix because I don't really watch Netflix that much anymore. But I was like, oh my God, I should recommend this show because it was actually really fun. It's this Spanish TV show Mm. and it's called Velvet. Oh. And it's set in the 50s. So like amazing costumes god like it's set about people working in this department store in madrid and Uh. it's just so fun there's so much drama it's definitely telenovela adjacent you know there's kind of crazy storylines but if you're open to things not particularly making complete sense then this (laughs) is the show for you okay and i was like I needed more shows because I feel like I've been trying to get better with my Spanish. So I've been watching some shows with like Spanish subtitles, and like that's a really easy one. Okay. To oh, watch. good. You can get into it. It's not like a force, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so good. I've never fun. heard of There's that. Like fun hotties. Yeah. There is, you know, like really Intrigue. fun fashion. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cute. I love yeah. department mm-hmm. store shows. Like I've seen several. Yeah. Like, yeah. they're so fun. Set in the 50s. Yeah. They're going out. You that know. is fun. Yeah. Smoking mm-hmm. their cigarettes with mm-hmm. their red nails mm-hmm. and their red, red lips. Nails. Oh, yep. Mm-hmm. Glam. I feel Perfect. like they talk about Dior. Because they oh, talk. Oh, really? Yeah. They, surely yeah, they must. Yeah. yeah. <sighs> okay, Kat. I'm going to mm-hmm. end with our word of the day. Okay, great. And so our word of the day this week is flunner. Oh. <gasps> Great. I love that word. It means to wander with no particular destination in mind. You can people watch, window shop. Mm-hmm. Um, this is like particularly if you live in a city. I think with Paris in mind. Like yeah. you're meandering in Paris mm-hmm. without destination, without a plan. You're yeah. just seeing where oh. life takes you. So, I would kill um, for, to do that right now I in know. Paris. You know, and you walk. Um, you can walk like twelve miles and not even realize it. Not there. even, and you're, you're like enjoying oh. every minute of it. Mm-hmm. I know. So you can say a person is a flaneur or flaneuse if mm-hmm. you're a woman. Okay. Traditionally, this word flaneur is basically talking about a, a man who is an ambivalent figure of urban affluence. So basically, he has money Rich. to just like walk around and just you know. And do whatever he feels the fuck very, he wants like, with the detached day. from society and yeah. he just wants to observe like life mm-hmm. so. yeah like the life of the working people yeah mm-hmm. 
I remember learning about this in one of my favorite courses I ever took in college. It was when I was studying abroad. Mm-hmm. And it was a history of the modern city. So we talked about oh, like yeah, yeah. Paris, mm-hmm. London, Berlin. Oh, and fun. And mm-hmm. like the modern city starts with, according to this professor, I don't know if this mm-hmm. is like real accurate or whatever but like uh-huh. once like street lamps were introduced to cities and mm-hmm. the, like gas lamps so like flunders uh-huh. would often walk at night too so like oh. because now the city is a lit you can that, yeah, do that's that a man. That's yeah a man for uh, yeah sure. a woman couldn't do that Mm-mm. no but it's like this so Imagine they would walk at night all night safe. long they would i know god but that would be like their thing and like you know see whoever's out and about on the streets at night interesting yeah god that was such a good course anyway perfect word <laughs> i like i mm-hmm. i that has popped into my head too and i was like i need to do that one for mm-hmm. one episode so perfect yay Alrighty, everyone thank you so much for joining us this week thank you and have a great birthday kate we thank adore you, you. <laughs> love you talk to you all soon ciao, ciao.